Well, today we celebrate the memorial of St. Barnabas. And Barnabas is a, is a really great guy, an interesting guy, a close companion of St. Paul. And he had his, he had his faults, very human. The apostles, as we read about them in the New Testament and in the book of Acts, they're very human. They, uh, they're not absolutely perfect individuals, very, very holy. And of course, after the day of Pentecost, they were graced with, uh, amazing power and gifts from God to be able to accomplish the task that God gave them to do. But nonetheless, that, you know, they had these gifts in earthen vessels, as St. Paul says. They had their, their, their failings and their flaws. I, I see St. Paul on the one hand was a, a man who, of course, was chosen by God and given a certain kind of revelation about the gospel being appropriate and, and um, destined for the Gentiles without them having to convert to Judaism. Paul had a very clear revelation about that, and maybe actually some of the other apostles didn't. And they kind of had to get up to speed with St. Paul. And St. Paul was a man of very fervent conviction and uh, would not compromise whatsoever uh, and so that kind of led him into a little bit of conflict. At one point, even he's he, he's in a little bit of a conflict with Saint Peter, and um, Barnabas is kind of divided and sort of sides with Peter. I think you know Barnabas didn't have the sort of clarity and conviction that Saint Paul had. Uh, at one point, another point in the Book of Acts, we read about uh, Barnabas and Paul split up, and they kind of have a little rift with each other. They they have a little disagreement, and it's over Barnabas's cousin. Uh, Mark, who's the, the author of the second gospel. Um, so I think, and I think Paul was right, although Paul was probably, again, he was a real hard-nosed kind of guy and basically says, we shouldn't take Mark with us because X, Y, and Z. He's not, he can't hack it. He's not tough enough and he's not worthy and tell him to go home to his mom. And Barnabas was really insulted about that and just kind of said, well, forget it, I'm out of here. So they split ways for a little bit, but they got back together. Um, through it all, though, I see between Barnabas and Paul, ultimately their friendship was sustained and it continued on. Because, as we see in our gospel, this is the image I see in our gospel. Here's Christ, and he goes up to the mountain, um, and he sits down and he opens his mouth, it says in a more literal translation, he opens his mouth and his disciples are there before him. And uh, that, that scene of the Beatitudes is, is depicted in a lot of artwork. Oftentimes you see Christ, he's in the center and he's got his hands raised, <laughs> you know, and he's teaching and everybody's just looking up to him with awe because they're receiving the words of his mouth, how amazing the Beatitudes are in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, if we are all like these people in the pictures we see, seated before Jesus, looking up to him with awe, saying, this is the word of God, this is the center of the universe, this is the center of my life, I am a disciple, if that's your fundamental identity and attitude and position before God and for Christ, ultimately there's nothing that can divide you between you and those other disciples that are around Christ. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? You know, if your friendship is based on anything less than Christ, it's just, it's not going to be eternal. Certainly it's not going to be eternal. And in, even in this life, it's probably not going to totally last. 
All right, or at least there could hypothetically be something that could shake it and destroy it and bring it to an end. But if your friendship and your communion with, with someone is on the basis of the fact that you're both disciples and you're both looking at Christ no matter what, it's not going to be broken no matter what kind of, you know, you might get in a fight or whatever, but ultimately it's going to be um, an eternal and indestructible thing. Barnabas was such a, he says he was a good man filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, if you think about the kind of virtues that Barnabas shows, it's quite remarkable in the book of Acts. He comes to these uh, Gentiles who, again, at that time, the people were thinking, well, you know, basically we, we need to spread the gospel to the Gentiles, but they need to first be circumcised and converted to Judaism, and then they can be in a place where they can receive uh, the gospel of Christ. And uh, that's not necess- that wasn't the case. Um, but the apostles had to come to sort of learn that. And here's Barnabas, and he says he sees the grace of God. You know, to see the grace of God in someone else, grace is an essentially supernatural, invisible reality. How do you see the grace of God? You do it, you see it with your heart. You have to have an open heart, an open spirit, um, and, uh, and you get that only by being in communion with God. So Barnabas was a, was a really special guy. Also, look at the humility. He says to himself, you know, in the kind of wisdom, the prudence, he says, you know, who would be perfect to teach these guys is that guy, Saul. Tarsus. He was a little bit of a firebrand back in Jerusalem, but you know what? He's got something really special about him. And I'm going to go get him. Okay, at this time, Barnabas had a much higher status than, than, than Paul, who was known as Saul at the time. He travels all the way to Tarsus and says, Saul, come on, let's go. Come back to Antioch and we're going to teach these, this new flock. And then the Holy Spirit says, okay, I'm going to take both these guys and send them out. Eventually, Paul becomes the chief. He becomes much higher standing than Barnabas. Barnabas, in his humility, was able to kind of bow out and make room for Paul's ascendancy uh, and importance in his ministry. That's that's really an amazing set of virtues uh, that we see in Barnabas. But again, it's because fundamentally at heart he was a disciple of Christ, like St. Paul. And it was that fundamental attitude and position, being before Christ, looking up to him, Receiving from him the word of truth, not any kind of presupposition or ideology of your own, but saying, what is Christ say? That's what's really important, and that's what I'm going to follow. And if you do that, nothing can break your, your bond that you have with all of those who, like you, look to Christ as their supreme teacher and guide.